PointClickFish.com. Your connection to the saltwater fishing community brings you Saltwater Fishing Radio. Are you a professional tournament angler, fishing captain, or novice angler looking to learn from the pros? Listen to live discussions from some of the best in the industry, the biggest TV fishing stars, interviews with captains, sponsors, and fishing teams. Your trusted source for the latest tournament updates, industry news, and interviews. It's time to talk fishing with your host, Captain Jay. everyone and welcome to the pointclickfish.com saltwater fishing radio show today is april 21st 2016 wayne we've got a great show and want to look forward to talk fishing get everybody up to speed on what's going on with us yeah definitely great to be back on the air after a couple of weeks where we've had some family things going on i've had some, some illnesses in my family i was sick myself and then my son was sick and it kind of kept me away from the show, and I've, I've been missing it. So it's good to be back with our audience, and certainly a lot of horizon as fishing season has kicked into full swing. Uh, it's a lot going on, you know, here off the Carolina coast, and a lot happening this weekend, too, I know. Yeah, I tell you, like you said, there's definitely been a lot of stuff going on, um, a lot of projects, a lot of uh, updates that we've been working on, but like you said, as we know, life gets busy, family, kids, and uh, a lot of times that has to take priority so we can take care of uh, those that uh, allow us the time and opportunity to do this. Yeah, it's uh, never fun to watch your kids be sick, that's for sure. My, my young man was in the hospital with a bout of pneumonia, so that gave us a scare and uh, certainly kind of pulled my mind away from you know, fishing and being on the water and I hate to say it's never a good time for your kids to get sick, but that was just a, you know, a real challenge, right, as we're, we're coming into one of my favorite times of the year. Um, of course, there's a lot happening off our beaches right now as we're seeing the bluefish show up, and Spanish won't be too terribly far behind them and Cobia, but one of my favorite fish that have made a show here in the past couple of weeks that I hadn't been able to get out and chase is the, the bonita, um, you know, the, the edible little tuna that migrates up and down the coast and comes through every spring. They're uh, they're out off Divers Rock and out off, uh, you know, the beaches here in eastern North Carolina, the near shore wrecks within, you know, three to five miles, sometimes a little bit closer. And uh, definitely ready to get out on them. And there's there's also been a, you know, a pretty solid redfish bite with, uh, you know, a lot of the fish that kind of winter out off the beach. They've kind of moved into their spring pattern, it sounds like, and started moving around in the near shore waters. And it's a uh, perfect timing, you know, with the, uh, a great tournament event that we've got coming up this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're excited uh, to have, to finally have the uh, 15 Carolina Redfish Series Championship. As uh, most of the listeners know, we postponed this event, and this event had to be postponed weather. And at that point, uh, when the hurricane rolled through uh, in September, it caused us to kind of push the event uh, into 2016. So that's something that we're excited to finally be able to do is to see who is the 2015 team of the year for the Carolina Redfish Series. So, like you said, things are heating up. Um, a lot of teams are excited. It'll be the top 10 series teams that will compete this weekend at Chasing Tails. Well, we'll meet 
and have the weigh-in at Chasing Tails Outdoors, but they'll fish here on the Crystal Coast uh, to see who will be team of the year. Yeah, and as you're saying, you know, it's really the opportune time of the year as our waters here in North Carolina have uh, you know, remained relatively clear up to this point. Water temperatures in the sound are and it just hit 60 over the past week or two, and they're starting to work their way up towards the mid-60s with this warm weather we've been having. Still haven't seen that uh, you know, the water clarity change too much, so there's some good flight fishing opportunities for people that are getting out and scouting some of the areas. And, you know, I've heard that over the past week there have been a few fish that have started turning on to the top water bite, so that'll be uh, you know, something a lot of people are looking forward to as well. Of course, the redfish uh, top water is about, one of the most exciting inshore experiences, that and the tailing redfish when they come up on the flats with late spring and into the summer. Uh, you know, and it sounds like we've got a pretty good population of fish in the area right now, and it should play out to be a uh, a well-hosted tournament and well, uh, you know, produced, hopefully, with a lot of fish coming to the scales on, on the weekend. Well, as you know, as it gets time uh, for tournament fishing, it, it, it sounds like a lot of them are unable to find fish or at least that's what they want the other anglers to uh to know so it's definitely a strategy <laughs> game for those that are kind of tournament fishing and if they found fish or if they have not found fish so that's always interesting because um not many people are going to tell you their own fish uh, because they you know just in case it's kind of that strategy game as they lead into tournament day yeah it's always interesting when you're following some of your favorite captains and guides and fishing teams on social media you know throughout the year they're they're really good about posting reports and letting you know, you know, where they've been and what they've been up to. And then about a week or two before tournament season starts or before a tournament like this one pops up, it, it just goes silent. You don't hear much. The few photos that you see are carefully crafted so that you can't pick out much of a uh, background and, uh, and much of many identifying marks in the background. And, and then there's a good reason for that. This uh, this tournament draws in some some people from all up and down the eastern Carolina seaboard, and there's some money on the line for some folks and some great anglers that have, you know, some of them are, you know, really keen on putting in a lot of time and trying to, uh, you know, do a lot of pre-fishing the week before the event. There's some of them that are just on the water, you know, all the time and have kind of figured out the predictable patterns of these fish, and, you know, they they may not pre-fish as much as others, but Either way you go, it's uh, a lot of preparation, a lot of time, not only from the angler's perspective, but I, I know you and Matt Lamb and, you know, some of the other guys that help you get together with hooking uh, bones and chasing tails and John Moore. You know, a lot of people put a lot of time and effort into this event, and it's turned into a really uh, a really good event for eastern North Carolina, bringing back some quality redfish tournaments. Uh, of course, there's been some in and out with the redfish in eastern North Carolina. They used to have some larger tournaments here in our area but now most of those larger tournaments don't make their their way up this far anymore um there's you know people that fish louisiana south carolina and georgia and florida um but the doesn't seem like the big ones end up up here anymore so it's great that this has kind of been introduced as a way to keep these local anglers who have participated in tournaments for for years uh and there was something right in their own backyard of course a lot of them still do travel down south and fish the you know other tournaments and in other areas, but this is the one right here in, in our backyard, as you said, the Atlantic Beach, Crystal Coast, Swansboro, Moorhead City, this area uh, has a good population of redfish, and, and certainly it's going to be exciting to see how it all plays out this weekend as there be a big hubbub uh, up at the scales, I'm sure, and you know a lot of people that are interested in, in seeing what comes back in. 
Well, really, what what happened was is uh, you know we John Moore, uh, Hook and Bone, uh, Chris Ulmer, Chris Across Graphics, Matt Lamb with Chasing Tales Outdoors, and uh, myself. You know, we the, the anglers were looking for a tournament series uh, on the coast of North Carolina <clears throat> where they could uh, you know fish and compete, and uh, they knew we had an amazing fishery and wanted to to showcase and highlight that, and uh, so we started this tournament series and. Yes, uh, it's definitely a lot of work, um, but it's definitely been a great avenue for these teams uh, to showcase the excellent fishery we have here in North Carolina and give them the opportunity to uh, compete and uh, show the community uh, and everyone uh, what uh, the amazing fishery we have here. And sometimes it's uh, maybe harder to find fish than others based on weather and conditions and time of year, but I tell you, it's always awesome to, to be at the scales and watch all these impressive fish come back, and as they're weighed in, they're at the weigh-in. Yeah, and of course, a lot of uh, a lot of sponsors over the past couple of years have stepped up and tried to make sure that those that don't win a cash prize are still getting some uh, you know, good product placement put in their hands, and you know, just a lot of uh, a lot of people have shown support for the event, and as you said, a lot of. A lot of gorgeous fish coming back to the scales. Of course, you know knows a little bit about redfish and the, the fishery here in North Carolina. But of course, we're looking for slot fish uh, up to 27 inches. The, the larger, the better, of course. Um, you can bring two back to the scales, and the aggregate weight will uh, will bring home the prize. And you know, there's a there's quite a bit of uh, searching for those right fish. You can you know in North Carolina keep a fish from 18 to 27. But you can guarantee that in tournaments like this and with the quality of anglers that are fishing it, it's usually fish 26 inches and better. You know, you, you don't see – you see some smaller ones coming to the scales, but the, the people who are going to be in the top two or three are going to be, you know, bringing in some, some nice fish, usually, you know, 12 pounds plus between the two, if not more. I know, uh, you know, with the anglers that we've got fishing the tournament this year, I expect to see some uh, – some quality fish coming back to the scales close to that 27, right right up to 27 inches, you know. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned the sponsors, and that's something that's very important to us. You know, I wanted to run down the list real quick and thank the sponsors for the 2015 series. Um, it, you know, Crystal Coast Graphics, Rigid Industries, LED Lighting, K2 Coolers, Pin, uh, Crystal Coast Tourism, Star Rods, Calcutta, Blue Water Candy, Hooked, uh, AFCO, Bets, Z-Man, North Carolina Sportsman, Spiderwire, Mustang Survival, Berkeley, Arctic Ice, Under Armour, and Coastal Angler Magazine. Uh, and Smith Optics wanted to thank all of these sponsors. Like you said, it definitely, we could not do it without their support. And uh, it's something to where we definitely appreciate it. And obviously, you know, we can't leave out the Chasing Tails Outdoors and the Hook and Bones as well. And, um, you know, it's something that's really been Amazing, but uh, we, we couldn't do it without their support. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely nice to have the, uh, you know, the anglers really support the event in big part too, as they you know pay their fees, and that's where the the money for those top prizes ends up com- ends up coming from. But I know there's been some, you know, some people that have really stepped up to make sure not only that that, you know, you can guarantee a certain amount for the, the tournament winners, but also like you said, the, the top couple of people are are going to win cash, but and it's nice when, you know, when you can put some product in, in people's hands and when everybody kind of leaves feeling like winners, if you know what I mean. And having those sponsors that come along, whether it's a pair of, you know, $200 Smith Optics or a $200 Star Rod that you might win, there's a uh, there's a lot of stuff that comes into the to the event that 
you know, it provides some additional prizes and some additional support and uh, really helps to make it a, a you know, a great regional and, you know, world-class event really for, uh, for the anglers in our area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tell you, um, you know, it's it's and tonight on the show we're gonna have a few of the anglers call in tonight to kind of talk to us about what it takes to prepare for these events. And um, like you said, that uh, the teams and their sponsors and the sponsors that uh, support the events that are so important. Uh, but we're definitely uh, here in a few minutes. We'll have a few uh, of the teams call in and be able to talk to us a little bit about what they do to prepare for these events and uh, you know what it takes to be a redfish tournament angler. And that's something to where we get a lot of questions as we travel and go to the events and people say, hey, I want to fish. Everybody wants to fish for a living or everybody wants to fish in tournaments, but they don't know how to take yeah. that step. So that's something to where, yeah. um, you know, some of these uh, anglers tonight can, can be able to shed a little light on that for uh, the listeners for us. So it's forward to getting them on the air this evening. Yeah, and it's one of the fun things about this tournament, too, is it's uh, – you know, as well as it's run and managed, you get people from, you know, all walks of life that are entering it. Not all of them are professional captains. Certainly some of them are, you know, going to show up wearing their jerseys, looking like as much like NASCAR drivers as any of them. Some of them have got more sponsors than the NASCAR guys. And, uh, you know, there's there's a fair share of them that, that take it really serious and, you know, are accomplished tournament anglers that fish this event. But we've also got, you know, some mom and pop, I mean, some father-son groups, some uh, – husbands and wives that fish the tournament together and you know some folks that just show up in t-shirts and shorts and fish it for fun and maybe they'll get lucky it doesn't uh it doesn't require you to be on the water all the time it just requires you really to be on track of where there's a decent group of fish that have been you know old in the area of course these fish redfish unless they get too much pressure on them you can pre-fish the week before and identify some locations where you've got a couple of schools of fish and you know, you have a couple of backup spots that you go to, and all it takes really is getting lucky sometimes. So you never really know who's going to win it. But with this being the grand finale from 2015, again, kind of held over into 2016, uh, you know, our, our top ten is, is definitely some, some quality anglers. And I know you know a little bit about who we've got going to be out there. Maybe you can shed some light on to, to some of our anglers that are going to be fishing and kind of what you expect to see. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have 10 teams that are fishing, and the uh, team that will be fishing is Team Taylor Made, uh, Mike Taylor, John Roberts. Team number two is Flatmaster, uh, Jacob Ganey and Jerry Burns. Team number three, Fishing for Life, Jess Crunk and Kelly Crunk. Team number four, Chasing Gingers, Corey DiRocco and Richard Gilligan. Team number five, Team True Line, John Hislop and Rick Patterson. Team number six, is the Redfish guys, Lee Pedrick and Dwayne Smith. Team number seven, On Point Fishing, Jonathan Garrett and Matthew Littleton. Uh, and also uh, these guys that were tied for points for number seven, Team Shake and Wake, Jason Dell and Alan Jernigan. And team number nine, Sambar Safari, Rob Corley and Jacob Knight. And team number ten, Coastal Control, Chris Aloy and Brandon Weston. So those are the top ten teams that were uh, going to fish this event. Like I said, it was the top ten teams of the series uh, that continued on uh, to this championship. So we definitely look forward to uh, seeing how that ends up. They'll be fishing for $5,000. And, you know, as you, as you run through that list, it's uh, 
you know, to people who follow fishing here in eastern North Carolina, you hear some some familiar names for sure, uh, people that run charter businesses, and, you know, that's what they do for a living full-time is, is out working and, and on the water. And then you've also just got some, uh, you know, some anglers that are, you know, passionate about redfish and certainly spend a lot of time chasing redfish, but, you know, they've, they've got real jobs outside of the fishing industry, and they're they're putting in the time on the weekends when they have the time, and they're, you know, following fish outside of their normal routine. And it's, uh, again, just a really fun social event. The weigh-ins are always a lot of fun. We encourage people to come out to that and to kind of check out the atmosphere that's involved with a tournament of this nature. Um, it just brings out, you know, a real fun family event the day of. And I, I know we're we're looking forward to that and seeing some crowds come together. I tell you, we've, we've got our first team that's calling in. It's Dwayne Smith from the Redfish Guys. And obviously Dwayne and Lee are no stranger to the Point Click Fish Network. We love working with these guys. And, uh, you know, we follow them throughout the year and have them on the, the radio show. But uh, they're in competition mode. So let's get Dwayne on the line to, to talk to us a little bit about uh, the tournament series and then, uh, you know, kind of what the game plan is. Dwayne, welcome to the show. Hey, Captain Jay, and hey, Wayne, how you guys doing tonight? Doing great, Dwayne. Doing good to hear from you, bud. Thanks for calling in. Yes, sir, absolutely. We're doing fantastic, but uh, we want to know what you guys are doing to prepare for this uh, this event on Saturday. A lot of pre-fishing. Um, we really got cranked up last weekend and all that wind. Um, we can't afford to have any lay days. Um, we have real jobs and you know, and, and and we do most of our fishing on the weekend, and we weren't able to put anything together last weekend, so I took Tuesday off this week and tried to do a little pre-fishing, and Lee and I both took today off and tried to do a little pre-fishing and uh, trying to put a plan together. Um, we don't have much of a plan right now, but, you know, it's, it's 10 teams um, that, that qualify for this championship, so nobody's out of it. Um, the, I would say the odds are a little long on us right now, but um, it is what it is, and we're going to have fun Saturday one way or the other. Uh, Dwayne, you know, obviously with the weather kind of blowing up a little bit tomorrow, do you think that will affect uh, the fishing and, and some of these fish the guys may be on? Uh, possibly. Um, these fish, uh, I, I think most of these fish are in transition right now, so uh so a, a kink in some people's plans, but um, most of these guys have they they they've been doing this for so long, and even though Plan A might not work out, there's always Plan B. Especially these guys that are fishing south, um, they're they're they they they've been on fish for uh, about a month now. That's kind of moved in for and and I'm sure they've got patterns on them. I'm going south myself tomorrow, trying to put something together, uh, see if I can get a little better plan than what we found uh, around Moorhead City. That's one of the big factors that... Go ahead, Jay. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that we were talking about that a little bit ago, that, uh, you know, you got to put that time on the water and kind of, even up until the last minute, kind of try to figure out where the fish are. And, you know, it it, it definitely takes a lot of uh, uh, strategy and game plan to, to try to figure it out sometimes. Yeah, lots of lots of times, you know, it's you got to eliminate a lot of water in order to put a uh, and, and put a plan together. And, and you know, a, a, in tournament fishing, uh, a redfish has to you really to give yourself a chance 
to uh, to win it, you you really got to put together a strong plan because these guys, somebody's going is really on some nice fish, and I'm probably looking at the weather. I'm saying twelve and a half pounds, ten pounds, or better, a win at Saturday. Um, these guys are on fish; they're too good. Your margin of error against a, a group like this is very small. And, of course, a lot of conditions that you have to take into effect. We've already mentioned the way that the, the weather can maybe change a fish's attitude or move them around a little bit. But you've got to have low-tide spots and high-tide spots. Tell me a little bit about how you – and obviously you're not going to give away where you're headed, obviously, but you know, how do you determine where you start and where you travel throughout the day and how, many, how much distance you plan to cover? How, do you, how does that all kind of come together as you're creating your plan for you know how you're going to go about it? Well, normally, um, Lee and I, we like to get a little way away from the dock, the takeoff point, um, put a little distance between us and uh, our competitors. Uh, it, it, you know, you, you know, on a normal tournament, you might have up to 50 boats in it, maybe even more, 60 boats. And you get 60 boats pre-fishing uh, around uh, a, a, let's just say, for example, Moorhead City, and you get 60 boats in there, you got to, you, your best bet is to put a little bit of distance between you and them because everybody's done some pre-fishing and everybody's probably checking some of the same spots so the fish that are there get um, get kind of pounded a little bit. As far as the tides go, um, you just try to put together a milk run according to the tides. Um, lots of times I like to, with my boat, it runs real skinny, so I, I like to do, I try to use, get to my advantage and get on fish earlier than my competitors that might be, you know, fishing a boat that's got a little bit more draft than, than, than I have. So, you know, you, you try to be strategic in how the areas you fish and in accordance to your style of fishing. Some people are, are, are more blind casters and other like the sight fish, sight fish in the marshes is kind of Lee and, and my kind of, uh, I guess, specialty. Um, and this time of the year, you know, you got gin clean, clear water, so fish tend to be a little bit more spooky, and you got a little bit more of the grass in there that gets in the trolling motor, and it ends up making a little bit more noise. So, you know, there's there's a lot of factors that you got to take into consideration, and the main factor is always accessing the fish. Yeah, uh, lots of these places. Or you know, just because a lot of people fish a certain area, it might be a what people call community holes. You know, being able to ex- access that area at a different tide than anybody else is really a key strategy. So Lee and I, we we spend a lot of time in an area at low tide, and we try to figure ways in it and accessing areas. And that's that's something that a lot of people do not take in consideration. They're always fishing. A, a higher tide, they wait at the yeah. boat ramp, and and what you're doing is everybody's leaving at the same time. So I always encourage people to get more comfortable running in low water situations. Yeah, and with, with a boat that's really designed for for skinny water, of course, at the lower tides the fish are, you know, not as scattered. They're going to be in the deeper holes and then they drop off the places that if you've got to have a shallow draft boat to get to them. And as that tide comes in, they spread out, and it makes it a lot harder to uh, to find them. So I can definitely see where that's an advantage, you know, to, to have a boat like you've got to, you know, be able to access some of these spots a little bit quicker at some of the locations maybe than, than the other anglers. And maybe you can tell us a little bit about the boats that y'all fish from. I know you've got a couple between the two of you that you use, but uh, 
tell us a little bit about the boats and how you rig them up for a, for a tournament series like this. Oh, sure. Um, I have an 18-foot shallow sport. Um, it's a, It's got a, uh, it's almost a catamaran-style boat, so I can actually use my jack plate and pull the, the motor up, and so mm-hmm. I can run in really skinny water. Lee has a um, an action craft. It's uh, it'll run in the 50, so it's a, it's a go fast boat. We make generally we make our longer runs with Lee's boat, um, and, and it has a tunnel hole on it, so it runs it runs really shallow. But uh, a point I would like to make is, you know, lots of people don't realize how skinny their boat will run. I've seen um, Captain Mike Taylor and, jo- and Jeff Crump put those 24 foot rangers in some pretty shallow water but they know exactly what that boat how that boat performs and lots of people don't challenge their boat and put their boat in those situations so they really don't know how skinny their boat will run you you get my point um yeah that that in a jack plate of course it, it really does help um it's worth spending that extra money and putting a jack plate on 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 your boat um it, it, that that would be uh, two of, one of the things that I, I would really encourage people to go out and do is really learn your boat and know exactly how it performs and how skinny it will run. You'd be surprised where you can put a bay boat. Well, not not just you know the knowing your boat, but also as you mentioned, you know knowing the waterway. Of course, these waterways are yeah. interchanged from season to season, but you know even in some of those shallow water spots, as you were saying, there's. There are ways to get there if you if you've learned yes. the waterway well, and once you've run those locations a number of times, you you feel more comfortable running in on a plane than you do if you you're exploring a new area. I'm sure. Yes, sir. And and the way you learn that area is going to looking at it in in low tide situations, dropping your trolling motor lots of times, and in you know and just working into an area, and and so there there's ways to get in accessing that area is very is a is a, is a is a big key to tournament fishing, and uh, lots of people overlook that, I believe. Now, when you talk about the the, the the boat piece, now, I mean, do you feel that, uh, like you said, that you know some of the guys don't actually get to the point to where they kind of, I guess, for better lack of words, the kind of the uh, they don't they don't know what the boat can do. I mean, is that right. something? What What do you say? Like a lot of people that are listening are going, "Man, how do I do that?" What would you say would be the best way for someone to kind of get to that point? You know, I mean, like it, it, go to other areas and go real slow, and then kind of figure it out, or just do it. I mean, what's what's the best way or best advice you can tell people to kind of get comfortable with their boots, particularly in shallow water? In shallow water, is it, dropping your trolling motor. And not just using your trolling motor for fishing, dropping your trolling motor to explore areas and right. learn, hey, over here it's a little bit deeper than over here. And and, and, and you and working and getting a good pair of polarized sunglasses and getting a little bit of elevation on your boat and looking and just sitting there and studying the flats. And generally that tide, as it pulls off of the flat, it's creating little channels through there. And if you drop that trolling motor and you're working through there and you realize there's a little bit deeper water, and a little bit deeper water can be as much as six to eight inches, that you can actually put your boat in there and run it. So then you can access that area quicker than dropping your trolling motor and and working your way in there. 
and I feel and lots of people will try to putt putt into an area, you know, just pull the motor up and and putt putt out onto the flats and everything. Actually, that boat will, on plane will run skinnier than it will as you're, I say, putt putting out onto the flat. And a lot of people yeah. miss that too. But you know, you yeah, you're, sometimes you're liable to hit your skeg and and those kind of things. Uh, you're going to lift up as you're speeding a little bit on the plane and. You know, you're you're you have to be cautious as you're going. Obviously, any of us that have explored shallow water know every now and then you run aground, but you you got to be careful when you're doing it. And another one of the advantages of doing that is you're exploring a new area and you find that those areas that are just a little bit deeper. That's also the same spots you probably run into some fish from time to time. Yep, absolutely. So and so those fish are looking for a little more water too. Yeah, and lots of people they they're so concentrating on catching fish today. They're not setting themselves up for future success, um, and 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 the way you set yourself up for future success is exploring. You you know, there's days that I have been unsuccessful in catching fish, but I learned something, and it was a very successful day. And, no, and um, I, you know what, you, you get my point there. That, that yep. it's, it's it's just spending your time on on the water. And that's one of the fun things, of course, about shallow, shallow water redfish is you're you're really hunting as much as you are fishing. You have to get on those fish and find the locations where you, you feel like you're able to see them. And like you said, it's a sight casting style like you and Lee do. It's uh, you know, it's really as much of uh, the, the pursuit as it is of the uh, the hookup. That's a good point, Wayne. I grew up hunting and hunting uh, red, uh, uh, turkeys and deer and bear in Jones County. And when I was introduced to red fishing, that I think that helped fuel my fire for it because uh, I was used it's it, it's hunting exactly what it is, and you're you're pursuing something, and you're putting together a pattern, and you're and you're trying to you're trying to it, it's all it's a mind game, and it, and it's just a lot of people that hunt really should they could realize they could extend their hunting experience just taking that and doing sight fishing for red fish. Now, as you're out looking in these locations, what what type of gear do you guys use as far as rods, reels? What kind of uh, lures do you use for tournament fishing and you know searching for for fish? What are some of your your best search for fish search lures that you you might recommend to people? Um, but, um, well, I I would say, you know, when we're out looking and searching for fish, I like a gold spoon. A Johnson makes a gold spoon. Tsunami makes mm-hmm. a gold spoon. That I like the half ounce. Um, gold spoon, and I usually put a put a some type of split ring and um, a barrel swivel or some kind of swivel on it to keep that line twist because I like to throw braid. I prefer Finn's wind tamer braid, um, and 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 with about 18 inches of fluorocarbon leader, generally tied to it. Um, also, you know, as far as soft plastics, I like uh, Salty Bay Red Devils. Um, and they make a jig head too that goes that's specifically made for that soft plastic that I throw a lot. And top waters, I really like um, mirror lures, sheet dogs. And I throw I throw uh, with a popping cork and a spoon. I like a tsunami eight foot medium action rod. Um, that's a little different. Like most people do, that they don't like the longer rods, but I, I I like I like that long rod to make long casts. That way I can right. set up on fish at, at a longer distance. 
um, because lots of times I'm working flats, not really beating banks. Um, so it, that works good for me. And as far as um, reels, 3,000 series reels, generally uh, uh, Shimano, Stratic, um, FJ, I, I really like them. They they seem to hold up over time. And this year I'm, uh, I'm using, also using a uh, 3,500 Cheeky for the first time. And so far that reel, it's not as expensive as a, a, a Stratic FJ. Um, and it's holding up so far just, this season really real well. I think it's they're about $129. And if I get a couple seasons as much as I fish out of that, it's yeah, pretty cost effective. Yeah. And you also make another good point with that longer rod. You're able to, to reach out for fish. When you're running the trolling motor, obviously, you know, reds will hang out in the area if there's not too much pressure on them. But when you're running the trolling motor, it's easy to, to spook them. And you want to be able to see those fish, of course, before you spook them. That'll shut them down and turn the bite off. And Having that longer rod and using braid line, of course, uh, will allow you to reach out to those fish that, that hadn't spooked yet. That's exactly, exactly right, especially this time of the year with that gin clear water and, and yeah. I call it snot grass. It gets in the mm-hmm. trolling motor, and it tends to make a little bit more noise. And so by having those longer rods, I could use my power pole, set up off, if I see the fish first, set up off of them, make lo- long cast around the edges of schools not directly into the middle of them. And that way I really think that I can stay on fish a little bit longer. But that is when you're finding schools of fish. I'm just not right now finding them. I was listening to you earlier as the show was coming on, and you must have got some good reports um, around a fish moving in. Well, there's there's been word, of course, without a you – know, they, they spread the word pretty well until this past week, and then it gets quiet, but – Sure, like you, you know, like me, you've seen where you know all all around Swansboro, that area yeah. down there definitely seems to hold some fish. It sounds like y'all might be exploring that area some tomorrow. Uh, a lot of fish come in and out of that inlet. There's two or three inlets there that make up Bear Island and between Swansboro and Topsail Beach. I, I think there will definitely be some anglers down that way. As I think there's been some fish in the backwaters that have settled into their kind of that spring pattern that you were talking about when they first start to you know, get, change their, their mentality a little bit. And, you know, hopefully you never you never really know where the winning fish are going to come from, though. There, I'm sure there'll be some people up here beating the banks around Moorhead. And, uh, and you've been on the water more late, lately than I have been. But it's, uh, you know, you never really know where they're going to come from. Uh, Middle Marsh is a place where people put in some time. There have been some tor- tournaments, one from over off Middle Marsh. And, uh, you know, the areas back behind Shackleford, uh, Certainly, you know, a lot of people know about the haystacks and heading up the, uh, the intercoastal waterway. There's a, there's a lot of creeks that hold fish up that direction. But, but I'd, I'd, I'd say that the most of the attention that you've heard from people on social media has been coming from down Swansboro, it sounds like. Yes, uh, I, and I've noticed that through the years that they tend to be about two to three weeks ahead of Moorhead City. Have you ever noticed mm-hmm. that? This time of the year, yep. it seems like, and and it might have some like you said they they got more inlets down there and and I think they hold a little bit more fish in the surf uh, down in Swansboro than Cape Lookout does and and Shack does so but it, generally they they're about three weeks ahead of us um, in springtime. Well, historically, of course, the Moorhead City area gets a a lot of angling pressure on it, and, and back 2010, 2011. There was really good populations of redfish here around Moorhead City, and it 
it seems like to me, and you can maybe follow up with this better, but you know, with all the pressure that was put on the fish around here, those fish scattered and you know weren't as predictable as the ones down in Swansboro with a little bit less pressure. But now that that fishery has really you know gotten a lot of press and a lot of people head that way, it's going to be interesting to see if you have that same pattern play out with the additional pressure. Of course, redfish are, you know, they're sensitive to that, and you can't put but so many anglers on the same schools before long before those schools start to, to break up or together. They they kind of shut down feeding, and uh, you know, there's there's no denying that the the angler pressure has a has a huge impact on fish, and I I definitely think that's what I saw happening, you know, here in Moorhead over the past three or four years. Yeah, last year was tough. Um, we we found we never found those really big schools of fish last year. We we found some scattered fish and uh, I would call yeah. them wolf packs of fish, those twenties mm-hmm. and and thirties uh, fish. But we never found the big schools of you know a hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred fish like like we have in the in the past. Um, I, I I don't really I would love to know what. The I guess it's if it is, it's an environmental um, uh, uh, thing that that causes the fish maybe to bypass moorhead every once in a while, or is it a fishing pressure that gets on the fish and they actually migrate south? But you're right. Last year, especially the southern fish were a little bit more predictable than the northern fish were. Um, but you know, you never know. There there is a luck factor in this, and. Um, and in tournament fishing, um, you it doesn't take the two. You know what I'm saying? Amen. Yes, sir. And 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 I know you guys are hoping that you find the right two on Saturday. Yeah, I sure am, cause I sure could use that five thousand dollars out of Jay Finkster's uh, checkbook. <laughs> I tell you, there's. Uh, I'm sure you. If if you win, you've already got it spent. You, I'm sure you've got some fishing <laughs> that, uh, that you need for sure. Yeah, I want one of them trucks. Like, can I, with that five thousand dollars, can I get a truck like you just got? It would be you might start. be able to get the lights. <laughs> <laughs> I just yes, it, it, it'll it'll definitely be a start. Uh, but no, it's, I look forward to uh, seeing how it plays out on Saturday, and I know you yeah. guys are excited. Uh, we definitely wish you guys the best of luck, and we, we look forward to seeing who comes to the scales and uh, what they bring with them. All right, well it sounds good, and maybe tomorrow our luck will change a little bit, and uh, we might get something going. But uh, if not, we'll see you Thursday. I mean, excuse me, Saturday at three o'clock. All right, well, we, we wish you guys luck, and I look forward to seeing you there. And uh, like I said, uh, hopefully you're, you find them tomorrow and uh, the weather cooperates with you as well. All right, thank you, sir. See you, Wayne. All right, good talking to you, Dwayne. Take care, buddy. All right, man. Bye-bye. All right, that was Dwayne Smith from the Redfish Guys giving us an update and some information on what it's like to be a tournament fisherman. Uh, I definitely like having those guys on and getting some updates from them. Uh, it definitely... Some good info there. People definitely, hopefully, are taking notes and can learn something. Yeah, it's been been fun watching those guys grow and develop in the in the redfish scene. Uh, you know, they were really active back in the day on the old North Carolina Waterman site, uh, where they you know were constantly sharing reports on the redfish board, and you know you really got a chance to see them kind of kind of take it from you know recreational anglers that had a passion for being out on the water to 
the next step, you know, with that uh, competitive nature, it gives them a, uh, you know, another perspective. And it's, uh, you know, it's kind of cool to, to see guys like that. But like you said, they've, they've got full-time jobs. They're, you know, on the water when they can be because they, they love to be out there, and you know, just pastime recreational anglers. But uh, they, they do good. They they produce in these local tournaments and have had some, uh, you know, some big wins over the years. And, you know, as you said, they, the, the money that they win, I'm sure, has every penny of it gone right back into the gear and the equipment that they use and maintaining and keeping the boat up. It's not like you're uh, you're out there making a lot of money, but hey, you can convince your wife maybe that you're 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 putting some money back into the account. So it's uh it's a lot of fun to, to talk to them and, and to see them have some success out on the tournament trail here in North Carolina. Well absolutely. Uh, you 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 said the piece about convincing your wife and uh, I think I think somebody's <laughs> figured that out. <laughs> yeah, there's been some who have gotten their wife involved directly, and it's, uh, you know, it's fun when you can turn it into a family thing, whether you're out there fishing with a good friend, if you're fishing with your wife, when you're fishing with your son, your daughter, you know, it's uh, it can be a family thing, and it's a lot of fun to see some of these anglers coming together. Yeah, we've got a, a, a caller on the line here, and I, I think it may be somebody that's figured that out, so let's uh, let's get him here on the line and uh, and talk to him. Welcome to PorkyLookFish.com radio show. Hello. Hey. Welcome to the PorkyLookFish.com saltwater fishing radio show. Hello. Hello, you there? Hello. Are you guys able to hear me? Uh, We've got you loud and clear. Welcome to the show. Oh, hey. Well, um, Jay, it's Randy with Exploring Shore. Andy, how are you, buddy? Welcome uh, to I'm the show. I'm good, man. I wanted, to call in a, I wanted to call in, and I was listening to the show. It sounds great, what's going on, and it sounds like everybody's all uh, pumped up about this weekend's tournament. I'm excited to see what happens with it. wish I could be there, but, um, you know, we got some other stuff we got going on. But I just wanted to wish uh, you guys and all of the uh, tournament teams uh, good luck and tight lines, and um, I hope some big fish come to the scales. We definitely look forward to seeing what actually comes to the scales, and uh, we want to congratulate you as well on uh, your new addition. Ah, thank you, sir. Yep, I actually, uh, I just set him down for bed tonight. <laughs> so, well, we know you're probably operating on you and your wife operating on minimal sleep. So, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. She's actually uh, amazingly, she's actually whipping up some cookies right now. So, I, I'm not going to get in her way. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't either. I, I, actually, Wayne, I, I'm hungry. We need to be at Randy's house. <laughs> yeah, cookies, cookies sound good about right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. You got right? the baby to sleep, so. <laughs> yeah, I know. Everything's nice and calm in the house right now, so I'm able to get some of my uh, behind-the-scenes fishing stuff taken care of. But tell you, as as we all know, there's a lot of work involved with uh, making it making it go around. So there, I'm sure there's definitely a lot of work that you guys have to do. And we hate that you guys can't make it this weekend, but we definitely understand that there's a, always a lot of different commitments to to take care of and things to do. But we appreciate you taking the time to call in and uh, up, get an update with us. Yeah, man, we appreciate it too. We're um, James and I are extremely excited about the 2016 season coming up, uh, being the fact that it's going to be coming to our backyard in New Bern. Um, we're extremely thrilled about that, and we're going to definitely do our part to uh, get the word out to our, our red fishermen out here um, who go out 
you know, every weekend looking for them when the season rolls around and they're in our area. Um, you know, we're starting to see some nice class redfish in our waters out here. So uh, we're definitely excited about the tournament coming this way. So I just I just wanted to uh, to see if you can confirm <clears throat> that there is slot redfish in the Newburn area. I can yes the time the time frame that you guys are talking about having it out here, um, it, it all it's all a weather thing. Um, you know we don't have any tides, so the wind pushes in and put you know brings in a lot of water as well. It can push it out or bring it in, but. Certain areas or in certain times of year, depending on the conditions, we have plenty of uh, slot redfish. Now, you might have to go further down the river. That isn't, that isn't a, one of the other options. But, uh, yes, you can find your slot redfish in the, uh, on the Neuse River. You know, it might be further down the river. It could be, you know, a little bit further in the river. It just depends on what's going on with the conditions. But, yeah, I would have to say uh, bringing the tournament to New Bern um, definitely will put a – another class of um, anglers in there that wouldn't normally, you know, say go all the way down to the beach to fish in this type of tournament. You know, you're going to see a lot more uh, new faces in this tournament, I think, and uh, it's going to be a good thing. Well, we definitely look forward to it. Uh, like you said, uh, kind of new territory, so we look look forward to heading up there. Uh, but, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we knew that there, were, uh, that there was a slot redfish in the area, but we just wanted you to confirm it uh, so that way people know and, and hopefully get up there and do a little pre-fishing and, uh, you know, get to know that area a little bit better. It's definitely uh, kind of expanding uh, the, the, the fishing area. So it'll definitely be really exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, you know, you're going to have your anglers are going to run a long way, just like they do with, uh, you know, fishing out of Moorhead or whether they're fishing out of Swans Row. Everybody has their spots. Um, you know, we obviously have our spots as well. Um, it, it, you could find the fish, like I said. It's just you got to the pre-fishing is, is going to be a big key uh, for some of the out-of-town anglers uh, who are going to be coming to this area. You know, I know a lot of the guys they're used to the fishing the Moorhead and Swansboro areas, um, so it's going to be you know a curveball for them to come up here and try to figure out the locations um, of where to go coming out of New Bern and you know and heading downriver to try to find those slot redfish to to bring back to the scales, but. Uh, it's going to be exciting. I think it's going to be a great thing for New Bern. Um, I just want to thank you guys and, you know, all the other uh, head sponsors of the, uh, the the tournament. And, you know, that it's a great thing for Eastern North Carolina to, to have this type of series. Um, it really needed to, to, to come, and, and, and it looks like it's going to be here to stay, which is a great thing. We definitely thank you. As you know, there's a lot of work and a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that uh, takes place. Uh, but we definitely appreciate that, and it's definitely been exciting, and we look forward to uh, watching it grow. Yeah, absolutely, and I appreciate you guys letting us, um, you know, join you and, you know, try to shoot some coverage for it, and I hope everybody enjoyed what we were able to put together uh, to kind of highlight what happened with the first three events. And, uh, you know, we hate that we can't be there this weekend, you know, just obviously other commitments uh, we got to go take care of, but uh, we'll definitely be there in spirit. We're rooting on everybody. Hopefully, every you know, it's a good day weather-wise, and, Hopefully there's some big fish caught. We definitely appreciate it, and uh, we look forward to catching up with you guys soon. All right, guys. Have a good night. As well. Thanks for calling in. All right. Bye-bye. That was great. Uh, Randy Nelson from uh, Exploring Shore. Uh, Great for those guys to call in and catch up with us. Uh, Definitely check out. uh, We shared it on the Carolina Redfish Series page where they uh, put together – 
uh, a video of the series, so it's definitely exciting. Check that out on the Carolina Redfish Series uh, Facebook page. Uh, we shared that just a few days ago. So definitely check that out. Uh, those guys put that together, and we definitely appreciate uh, their support of what we're doing and also calling in the show this evening. Yeah, they've they've been another one of the uh, you know the local groups that have together some successful uh, web episodes that, that they broadcast through their YouTube and Vimeo style channels to be able to uh, highlight some of the fisheries that we've got here in Eastern North Carolina, especially the inshore stuff. And they definitely do a lot of stuff there on the on the Noose River. Um, you know, whether it be rockfish, speckled trout, redfish, the, the old drum fishery that comes through, you, uh, you see, see them a lot on the social media circles and on some of the message boards as well. And uh, it's great to have people like that partnering with us that have, uh, you know, those talents and those abilities to get out on the water and capture some content. And uh, like you said, we hate they won't be here this upcoming weekend, but, you know, they've they've been good partners to work with, and it's great to, uh, to have them calling in, kind of giving us an update and kind of, Telling us a little bit about what's ha- happening up in New Bern uh, and around the Noose River. From New Bern, as you head out to the mouth of the river, uh, you know, there's a lot of good fishing there. Of course, it's well known the mouth of the Noose for the old drum fishery, but there's a there's a lot of pups that hang out there on some of those little creeks and right off the, the intercoastal as you head back out. Uh, there's a lot of waterways there, and you know, he mentioned covering ground. It was probably about five years ago now, with one of the, the older redfish tournaments that was here in eastern North Carolina. I had the opportunity during a tournament day to jump on the boat with Captain Rennie Clark. Uh, he had come up from, from Whitesville Beach, North Carolina, and down Carolina Beach Way near Wilmington. And, man, talk about covering ground. It really opened my eyes to how much these anglers travel in order to stay on different schools of fish. We, we started out there in Beaufort and left from the dock in Beaufort headed all the way down the intercoastal to, uh, you know, d- down towards their area, down almost all the way. We were in Topsail Beach, basically. And, you know, he said, hold on, Wayne. I was sitting on the front of the boat with a camera. And, man, we murked it all the way down there. Uh, got on a couple of fish that ended up being the two fish that won the tournament that day. Uh, then after that, after we got a couple of nice ones, you could tell they felt you know, pretty confident in what they had. But they, they ran, ended up running all the way out the intercoastal towards the noose. Uh, and then back to Beaufort, you know, for the weigh-in. So it's, you know, it's not, not unheard of. Some of these boats, as, as Lee said, I mean, as Dwayne said, are, are designed to cover ground. And, uh, you know, they'll they'll go from spot to spot as long as they can make it back to the weigh-in on time. Uh, you know, cover a lot of ground to get on some quality fish. Yeah, you know, and that's what we're talking about, uh, you know, talking that there were fish up in the Newburn area. That's something to where uh, when we announced it, they were like, oh, man, you know, Newburn. But it just some people may not fish up there normally, and I think it kind of yeah. adds a little a little uh, element of uh, you know uh, maybe surprise. You know, it makes it a little challenging. Um, so that you yeah. know, kind of puts some people in their comfort zone, and it puts others outside their comfort zone. Um, but you know, yeah. it it'll definitely be interesting and uh, definitely exciting. Well, and the the nature of this this tournament is you want to see get as many people involved as you can, and you want to give you know, other areas outside of our area, a chance to be a part of it. And, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is, is we're just about to wrap up a little bit late the 2015 series with this final event, and and then we'll be swinging straight into 2016 tournament coverage. So it's, uh, you know, it's an exciting time. Summer's just around the corner. Uh, good fishing's right here on us right now. And, uh, and we're just really excited about this weekend to see who's going to come home with that cash prize. 
Well, I will tell you one thing. Uh, you're talking about 2016 coverage is uh, the Point Click Fish Tournament Mobile Command Center is on its way here right now, and it'll be here in the morning. Um, so that's something we're really excited about is the uh, the new studio will be here in the morning, and so we take delivery of it uh, from the manufacturer. So it is it the first phase of the project is done. We posted a picture on social media uh, this evening, but it's definitely exciting uh, to be able to get this in concert with the truck, and uh, yeah. we'll be able to turn up our live coverage. Uh, you know, definitely uh, to a to a level that uh, that's never been seen before. So. Yeah, well, a couple of flat screen monitors will be able to, uh, you know, highlight some videos and photos that are taken, and you know, enough rigid LEDs to light up an airport. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a piece of work to to see all the stuff that's coming together for the tournament series. Not only, of course, the Redfish tournament series, but King Mackerel tournaments, some of the other offshore tournaments that come through our area. Uh, certainly, a lot of growth and development in the business. You know, working with some of these tournaments promoters and. Uh, you know, having the equipment in place this year to really be able to ratchet it up a little bit and be able to cover multiple venues at the same time. I know it's going to be a, a busy summer, but hopefully, uh, you know, a lot of action and a lot of fun. We definitely look forward to kicking the season off. We are right into it, uh, you know, obviously kicking it off this weekend with the 2015 Carolina Redfish Series Championship. And then uh, next thing we know, we will head – uh, to a few media events, and then we will kick off our live tournament coverage uh, for 2016. So definitely exciting. I definitely appreciate everyone joining us on the show this evening. And I tell you, it's um, kind of we're back in the grind now, Wayne. It's you know ba- kind of back on track and getting some family stuff taken care of, and we're rolling right into tournament season. So definitely look forward to it. But we thank everybody for joining us on the radio show and obviously visiting the website, and uh, even on social media, we definitely appreciate everybody following, liking, and sharing everything that we're doing. Yeah, and of course, again, encourage everybody to come out Saturday for the, the weigh-ins. Uh, definitely, you know, just always fun to, to reach out to the audience. I appreciate the opportunity to be a part of it and to uh, you know talk to some anglers in our area. We've been real lucky this year to, to have some great guests on the radio show, you know, people that are right here in our own backyard and, you know, some world-class anglers that are, doing some big things down in Florida and in the South Carolina and Virginia. It's a, uh, it's a great network and we're excited to, uh, you know, see what bring what 2016 brings us as we're heading into the peak fishing season. We definitely look forward to it. And Wayne, another great show this evening. And uh, thank you listeners for joining us. And uh, until next week, everybody, um, if you don't, if you don't get a chance to make sure you log on point click fish, or join us on social media. We'll give you updates from the 2015 Carolina Red Series. Wayne, we'll see everybody next week, buddy. All right. Always good talking to you, bud. Y'all have a great night, and thanks for joining us.
We hope you enjoyed today's show. For more information, show notes, updates, or to join the saltwater fishing community, visit pointclickfish.com. Don't forget to catch live streams and future shows at saltwaterfishingradio.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. Stay safe on the water and tight lines.